My name is David Hernandez, and you're listening to As the Pokeball Turns. Welcome to As the Pokeball Turns, where the stories are real and people still play this game. Known as the live music capital of the world, the city of Austin is home to vibrant entertainment, art and culture, UT, hook'em horns for you college fans, and an outdoor experience that allows people to create their own soundtrack. But wait, soundtrack? How do you create your own soundtrack? Well, you may not ask that question because who burns CDs nowadays? However, it's fun to imagine how our individual experiences can turn into different soundtracks. In the same way, our Pokemon Go journey is our own with its own unique twist and turn. Now here's the question. What type of soundtrack would we hear from someone living in Austin, especially in Pokemon Go? There's only one way to find out. From Austin, Texas, here's his origin story into the world of Pokemon Go. This is Scyther's Kiss. Today, I'm joined by Scyther's Kiss. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. For sure. Now I got to ask, like, what's the meaning behind Scyther's Kiss? Yeah, so I actually had to pay tribute to my favorite Pokemon growing up, Scyther. I'm all about trying to find like fun, clicky names. One day decided to just throw some different names out there. And I just kind of imagined like Scyther blowing someone a kiss. I thought that sounded funny. I just remember growing up watching that anime and the first encounter when Ash meets a Scyther and I don't know, like growing up as a kid too, like I was really big on the different insects and collecting bugs. And so I feel like I'm more of like a a bug trainer deep down. Scyther just like visually way more appealing, really attractive. I like the evolution with Scyther and now Cleaver. I'm guessing Scyther would be your ace. And you said bug Pokemon were your favorite, right? Yeah, I have an attachment to like bug Pokemon, I think. Like growing up as a kid, you know, I don't know what class it was, but they did. You had to like collect bugs for like science projects and things like that. And um, prey mantises are just really cool. I was really fascinated with it. So the design with Scyther, obviously, they got a lot of inspiration there. If you were like a bug gym leader or an elite four member, who would be your squad? I'm a big fan of Scyther, Scizor, Cleaver, obviously. And then I really like Genesect. I like Pinsir. I like that it can mega evolve into it. And I also like Feramosa. I know that it's like more of a glass cannon, but it does a lot of damage. So I feel like it's pretty useful. Now, it sounds like you grew up with Pokemon. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. Coming from like a 90s kids background, I just remember getting introduced to it through the Pokemon cards. My brother and I, we both collected back in the day and my dad would take us to Target on the weekends after collecting all of our money from doing chores and we'd basically just waste it into all the Pokemon cards. So I remember hitting up all the, you know, Targets and then there was the local card shops that we could go to and part of the craze back in the day, I feel like everyone was into that. And so you said you and your brother were playing, right? Yeah, like my brother, he's just like three years older than me. We both like collected the cards growing up and unfortunately time changes and we grow older and kind of fall apart from it a little bit. Back in the day, like with the first Pokemon cards that came out, my brother was lucky enough to get a holographic Blastoise, right? 
back in the day, you know, you'd meet up at school or with your friends and show off what you had and like maybe do some trades. One of our neighbors actually ended up stealing it from him. And that uh, oh was a pretty God. tragic thing. Like years later, like as we kind of grew up, like we're actually friends with him, our neighbor, but he confessed to like stealing it from him back in the day. So yeah, man, it's bittersweet with that, but definitely a fun experience. Did he ever explain why he stole it? I think it's just that shiny effect. Blastoise was like one of those chase cards. I think most people wanted the Charizard, but, you know, Blastoise was right up there too. And so you had to have it, I guess. The holographic lured him in, it sounds like. Yeah, man. It's a good card. I really love that artwork. You know, I'm collecting now, which is fun. And like, I've got a really cool Charizard binder that I'm putting together. I know I had a lot of good ones, man, like the vintage. And I imagine they've been ripped up or thrown away at some time. So between when you first were as a child up to go, did you continue to play Pokemon or did you kind of have to stop at some point? The Pokemon card was how I got introduced. It was really just that. And then going into like middle school, it wasn't really a fad for me at that time. I kind of just lost that love. Pokemon Go, when it came out, like really resurfaced it all and brought me back with that nostalgia big time. So kind of had a big gap in between that. Like I would say 13, 14, I put it aside and then like kind of came back in my late 20s. So pretty crazy. When Pokemon Go came back, what about it excited you? Because you said it stirred up the nostalgia. Was it the idea of maybe seeing Pokemon in the real world? Was it just the fact that it was a mobile game? I'm a gamer deep down. Like I've always had a lot of fun playing the Nintendo games and like some different app based games. So I remember just hearing all the hype about it. One of my friends told me about the whole like April Fool's thing on Google, how they tease Pokemon being at different locations on the map for like April Fool's. So he kind of hyped it up for me and then I just downloaded it. So, you know, let's fast forward to 2016, right? Pokemon Go comes out all over the place. You know, people are going crazy. Where did you go to play? Like, what was it like in your area? I'm here in Austin, Texas now, but I'm actually from Utah. I grew up in Orem, Utah. And I just remember when it first came out, I found this like outdoor mall called Riverwoods. And that was like the best place to play. Whoever played Ingress back in the day had set up a ton of portals. And so we had like a bunch of gems and stops. And so, yeah, that was like the go-to spot along with some of the school campuses out there pretty crazy seeing all the people showing up news travels quick like everyone knew where all the good spots were when the game first came out and yeah riverwoods was awesome man i love that place since you've been in austin for a while like what are places to go like what are the hot spots to go play i think the most well-known place is the texas capital that's definitely one of the best like grind areas lots of players there like community days you know the outdoor walking lots of dog parks and stuff by it too that's definitely in South Austin, the place to go, but I'm more in North Austin and there's actually this place called the domain. It's a really great area for outdoor shopping, lots of bars and restaurants, also some like workspace as well. Uh, so I would say if you're more North Austin, which is where I'm from, definitely the place to be like just so many great Pokestops and gyms. And I've actually added a bunch of Wii spots to it. So it's grown quite a bit. So what's the community like out there? Like, are there a lot of active people? Like, how involved are people with Pokemon Go in Austin? I would say we're extremely passionate, very strong community here. When it comes to like the PvP scene, you know, we definitely have some big names there. And then like any other part of the game, any aspect with raids or gems, like I think we had like one of the first raid players to like hit a billion XP in Austin. Like, I think he was like third or fourth person to do it. And then I think we have like two or three of the top best gymmers in the world. 
We have a really fun Discord as well, Pogo512. So it's very active. And yeah, I really think it's a good place to play. So what's your favorite way to play? I like to consider myself pretty well-rounded, if I'm being honest with you. I have different phases where like I get really attached to maybe like raiding or PvP or like doing some gems. As of recently, like I'm trying to get the Wastebot badge platinum. So I've been submitting a bunch of like nominations. I have that Steven Toes that I really like. I love to keep that as my drip in game. I think as of recent, I've kind of lost love for it. it. Just it's very time consuming. And like I'm kind of doing more of like the collection part of the game right now. I'm trying to get like the lucky decks filled out and focusing more on like hundos and things like that. Yeah, that's the fun part about Pokemon Go is that there's just so many different ways to play. And if you get tired of one way, you can try something different. Yeah, 100%. And like when the friend system came out, I remember getting really into that. Like I think at the time we could only have like 200 friends. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to add a bunch of people like all over the world and try and like get as much XP from it. That kind of got old after maybe like three or four months because, you know, you can only send 100 gifts a day and you can only open like 20. And so if you had like a bunch of other people, right, like I had like another 80 people on my friends list that I couldn't interact with, like I had to like send battles to them and we just throw in like 10 CP Pokemon and make the battles really quick. So it was pretty intense doing that, but it was actually kind of fun because I was able to like meet more of like the hardcore players around the world. Like I had the chance to like add Brandon Tan in there and like some of the other top like XP players. So that was pretty cool, but definitely not sustainable for me. Like I don't like interacting via battles anymore, but it did help me gain a bunch of XP. We're going to take a quick break with a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Seventeen hours on this damn bus. Seventeen hours on this damn bus. Take one down, pass it around. Eighteen hours on this damn bus. Should have taken a plane, but no. Here I thought it was a good idea to take a bus from Dallas to Chicago. Ugh. Just want to get home. Get in my own bed. A shower would be nice too. The Memphis humidity has hands, I'm not gonna lie. Felt like I was in a sauna. It doesn't help that this person next to me is leaning against me. Like, please give me some space. Like, yo, give me some breathing room. Like, you're all up against me right now. Wait, the seat next to us is empty. Maybe I can move over there. Maybe they can move over there. Oh, they're looking at it too. Oh, please, 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 please. You know you want to. You're looking straight at it. Come on, move over there. You'll have the whole two seats to yourself. I'll have these two seats to myself. It's perfect. Do it. Come on, use your brain for once in your life, think. Move over there. Come on, you can do it. Go. Take those seats. Take what's rightfully yours and let me have my space here. Damn it! You were too slow. Can't believe I had faith in you. Well, we have another five hours left before we get Dallas. Time for me to stick my elbows out, because I need my space. 18 hours on this damn bus, 18 hours on this damn bus. Take one down, pass it around. Early you mentioned how you played other mobile games before Pokemon Go. 
What about Pokemon Go, in your opinion, differentiates itself from those type of games? I really enjoyed the exploration and the social aspect of it. So I've met so many cool people from this game. I've actually met my wife playing this game, which is pretty crazy. I'll have to tell you about that. I've been able to meet some really great people and some really good friends, like being new to Texas. Like I literally didn't know anybody. And then this game encouraged me to go out and play and like naturally just run into people and just say, hey, you know, they got their head down looking at the phone. You can tell if they're playing or not. So I came to Texas right when the raid feature came out. And so that was like a huge lift in the community and social aspect of it. You had to like set up like start times and like raid times where like people would gather. You couldn't do it on your own, even if you like maybe tried with one or two people. You needed like six or seven people at least to help you. So I really liked that part of the game, like being able to meet new people, the community aspect, and then like also getting to know parts of Austin and then also Utah, where I'm from. Like it's funny, like growing up in Utah, like I stayed to like my area and like the spots I'd only go to. And then when I played Pokemon Go, I started exploring like different canyons and parks I'd never heard of. I had been there for like 20 plus years, right? So I really like that part of it. Like, I really know the area in Utah and I know Austin so much better now because of it, which is crazy. So you talk about how you met your wife through Pokemon Go. Like, how did y'all meet? Back in the day, I started to like recruit Instinct players. So I'm Team Instinct. I was all about trying to like get gem control at that time. And so I started in the Discord and the local community that I had. I would just start to like announce like lure parties in the domain. And I'd be like, hey, you know, Tuesday at 7 p.m., we're going to meet here. Whoever wants to join, come out and, you know, let's drop some layers and play the game and take the gems. And so I actually met my wife from Alert Party. She just showed up. I think she joined the Discord and another friend of hers told her that she should go. And we essentially met from Alert Party and like we'd loop the domain, the four stop area. And then we talked about the in-game news and all the different features that were coming out. And so, yeah, it was just, I don't know, it just naturally happened and she was really cool. And I really liked her, obviously. And she liked me and you know, we stayed friends for quite a while. And then we eventually started to do like raid trains and I'd be a driver a lot of the time. And so I'd have like maybe three or four people in my car. And I'd always try to get her to join me. And so, you know, naturally we just got to know each other a lot better that way. And then it evolved from just like playing the game together. Like we can be like, go get some food or let's go see a movie, you know? And that's how it went, man. It's pretty great. So you talked about how you like to explore your city, but you also got involved with Wayfair. Yeah, like getting so obsessed with this game and like being a hardcore player. You know, I was all about like, how do I get a Pokestop where I live, right? Especially with the friend system, being able to send a hundred gifts every day. And then, you know, I'm also lazy from time to time. I don't always want to have to go out. I was like, how do I make this work? I remember randomly nominating the garden in my apartment complex at the time. You know, it took like maybe six months to a year, I think, before it showed up. And then it just showed up one day. So that feeling, man, it was just really cool. I actually lived in an apartment complex in the domain. So I was like, the domain's already a great place to play Pokemon Go. I want to just build it even more. That's where it kind of started. And then uh, shout out to Wayspotters podcast. I started to listen to them since they've been doing it. So I started listening to Jamal and Lachlan and all the tips and tricks that they'd give. And yeah, I kind of just took their advice and started understanding like the S2 sales and all the different placements and the criteria. And like, you know, I think at the beginning, when you kind of get into Wayfair, you kind of nominate a lot of like random 
they call it coal, right? Just like really bad nominations. Like I didn't really know. And then like once I honed in on like the criteria on like, okay, you know, dog park, that's a for sure nomination. You should always do that. Or like pavilions, you know, that's another good one. So I'd always like you kind of like flip the switch, right? Once you kind of understand like what could be a nomination. And then I just started looking for it, man. Like wherever I went, just got addicted to it. So yeah, I'm pretty proud of myself. I think a year and a half now since I've kind of started it. I've had like 30 Pokestops get approved. And I think two gyms in the domain area. And I'm talking about a place that was already like fantastic for playing. So it would just like continue to build it. I like seeing like my in-game name on the image of the photo too. Like I know not a lot of people probably even notice it unless they do it themselves. It is kind of a nice little satisfaction, I guess, knowing that you, you have it in there with your name. Agreed. Like whenever I see the stuff that I've approved and I see my trainer name on it, like I know that nobody's going to notice it, but it's like the one of the few things that you can do with this game that nobody could ever really take away nominating that stuff because you're the first one to do it. That's the one part I love about Wayfair is that you can manipulate the game board and you can really build stuff that maybe wouldn't have existed if nobody had spent the time to do it. Oh yeah, for sure. I think they take it for granted, like the community. They love the Pokestop. They love the gems. They don't really understand how it's happening behind the scenes. And so like when you get that gift where it was like from a nomination you put in the game and they send it to you, it's just like, ah, there you go, man. I got you. So was Wastebotters your primary way to kind of learn about the Wayfair system or did you look elsewhere? I would say it was just like in Pokemon Go, I understood like how you could submit it just from the app, but that was it. Like I try to follow the directions that they gave you in game. But yeah, it was mainly the podcast. I think that really educated me. I think at the beginning, like I asked them a bunch of questions, like I DM Jamal, I'd be like, Hey, how do I get this to show up? Or like, what do you recommend doing here? And like, he definitely helped me out. So you come from the outside looking in. You don't know anything about the criteria. You don't know resources. The only reason why you know what you know is because of the Wayspotters podcast, right? In your opinion, yeah. what are ways that Niantic could maybe help educate or reach out to people like you to better inform you on what's eligible and what isn't? I think, you know, having an app similar to like Niantic Campfire, like I know they have like a Wayfair app that maybe is coming. So just giving that full access to anyone in the public would be great. You know, if someone's interested in submitting nominations or waste thoughts, that app could be a really good resource for them. But yeah, educating them. I know a lot of the content creators could help with that. I think Pokey Daxi has been a good influencer in the space that's kind of shed some light on the topic. Maybe getting one of these other mainstream YouTubers, it could definitely help. But it really just comes down to Niantic on optimizing their website and like the Wayfair login and like being able to promote it. There's so many ways that they can do it. I like the whole community ambassador thing that they're doing, like the Wayfair ambassadors. You know, once it gets to a more polished state, like we could get way more people involved and like they'd understand how to submit. I think the biggest frustration is like everyone might have like tried it one time and then like it either just got rejected or just didn't show up in game. So if there was some clarity that they could give there, like before submitting the nomination, like, hey, just to let you know, like if you submit this, you know, it's not going to show up. That would be really helpful. I don't know how easy it would be to do that, but something in that direction. Well, Scyther's Kiss, thank you for coming on the show. Do you have any last minute words you want to leave people who listen to this episode? Yeah, if you guys want to add me as a friend, feel free to give me a follow. I'm on Twitter, at Scotty Jibs. Definitely enjoy the game, and I love helping people. If you have any questions about Wayfair or about Pokemon Go, happy to shed some light wherever I can. For sure, and I'll make sure to leave a link to his Twitter in the description of today's show.
Thank you for listening to another episode of As the Pokeball Turns. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Remember to give the show a rating of five stars. If you want to do four stars, sleep on it and come back tomorrow. If you're feeling eh with three stars, come back in about two days. If you think this podcast is like McDonald's with two stars, come back in about three days. And for some reason, if you feel like you can only give this show one star, come back next week. Because no matter what, each road should lead to five stars. Until then, I'll see you next time. Here's a sneak peek for the next episode of As the Pokeball Turns. Uh, look, I call her Mrs. Wolf, and she's great. She's very, very patient with me. Um, and quite often she'll point things out to me and be like, is that in the game? And she's a Pokemon trainer as well. But um, as you know, not everything shows up. So I'm constantly flicking out of the Wayfair app and the Ingress Intel map just to make sure things are there or they need to be submitted.